Rabbit 4, Part 2. A couple days later, we was doing boxes on the lawn when a bright yellow light flashed in the western sky. At least I think it was the western sky. I'll tell you more about this in a sec. It was so bright that for a moment, everything stood out in stock relief. Our shadows burned into the grass. I just jumped off a box when it happened, and if I could have stopped in midair, I would have. But ain't nobody can do that because of Newton. A concussion followed the flash 30 seconds later, a deep sonic boom. And that was followed by a blast of warm air. I thought, fuck's sake, someone's got the A-bomb over here? The sky had been lit up like that for about five minutes when Zoot ran out of his office, staring up at it like the rest of us. He exchanged a look with Bruno and then went back inside, Bruno hot on his heels. The next morning, Bruno had us all line up on the lawn outside the barracks. No screaming, no running, just line up and wait. His goons stood behind him, hands clasped behind their backs, batons on their belts, while he paced back and forth, back and forth. Listen up, he said. There ain't gonna be no more running, understand? Everybody let up a big cheer, but not me. Knowing what I knew, I wasn't too excited about what was going to happen next. I know you've seen what we all seen, Bruno said. We had to speed up your training. You've made it through hell. Congratulations. Now it's on to the Battle Royale. Someone in the row behind me said, You gonna tell us what this one is? Or are we gonna have to figure it out on our own again? Bruno pressed his lips together. He looked like he wanted to say something that he shouldn't. Either that or he had to take a dump. In the end, he said, Weapons training. Weapons training? What kind of weapons? Bruno ignored it. You're ready for this. You're in the best shape you've ever been in. Remember your training and you'll be fine. And before anybody could ask another question, he gave his goons a signal and they backed us into formation. He ran us a different route than we ever run before, cutting through a little copse behind our barracks and ending up on a dirt road. I wish I could have knew which direction we run in, but the sun didn't follow the rules of the galaxy over here. It sailed all wacky. Some mornings it rose on the left, some mornings it didn't. Right then, Bruno run us right into it and it looked bigger than it normally did like I could see all the flares off its surface if I squinted hard enough. And we was going to be doing a lot of squinting because it hit us right in the face. We let up a collective groan, all of us, holding our hands up to shield our eyes. For the first time, Wildcat didn't jump out in front. The whole thing must have rattled her. Or maybe she just didn't feel like screwing around that day. Whatever the case, she hung back in the pack. I picked my way through the crowd and pulled up next to her. What, no wind sprints? I asked. Psh, you spooked? She didn't reply right away, so I tried again. What do you think this battle royale's at? She nodded ahead. There, probably, she said. I followed her nod. Up ahead, the top of a stadium peeked out over the trees. The crowd inside let up a great big roar, like it knew we was coming. And then another, and another. The stadium disappeared from sight as we entered a long drive with trees on either side. Then Bruno took a hard right and led us under a stone archway into a long tunnel lit by torches. It emptied out into an open underground training area that was barred off from a dirt field, the killing floor. Wait here, he said, and jogged off to jaw at a couple of other goons. We all strained to see what was going on outside in the arena, but a low barren pillar blocked most of our view, and the iron bars made it difficult to follow anything. I seen a couple of fellow recruits out there in the dirt, jabbing their broken spears at something we couldn't see. More weapons lay scattered about the feet. Half a ball and chain, chipped morning stars, and the head of a battle axe that Zoot would have loved. Speaking of the dirt, did I tell you about the dark stains all over it and how them stains was blood stains? No? Okay, there was dark stains all over the dirt, and them dark stains was blood stains. I thought the same thought most everybody else in the same situation would have thought. 
What the fuck did I get myself into? The crowd let up another roar, and under the stadium it was deafening. Then somebody out in the arena slammed into the bars, and the bars thrummed deep and bassy. The poor schmuck was ripped away, and the next thing we seen was his body flying through the air, end over end, right towards two other guys in the middle of the arena standing with their backs to him. Whatever threw him must have been an engineer, because he flew in a perfect arc, arms and legs sprawling, and he took both of them other two guys out. It would have been comedic if it wasn't so terrifying. Off in the distance, a different pair engaged in a different dance. Only this wasn't no tango, and it wasn't no flamenco. The name of this dance was Cut Off Your Friend's Arm With a Long Sword. Wildcat sidled up next to me. Told you something was up, I said. Yeah, I know. Bet you didn't think it'd be that. The guy who cut the other guy's arm off with a long sword was cauterizing the wound with a torch. This did not appear to please the guy with the bloody stump. I don't think anybody would have guessed that, I said. Wildcat shrugged. Guess we're next. Yeah, guess so. She started to walk away and I said, Hey, uh, sorry about that. Sorry about what? You know, my feet in your face the first day? What are you sorry for? You know, in, in case, you know, I pointed at the arena. I don't want to go out with nothing bad on me. She thought about that for a bit, or at least she seemed to. Then she said, you can die all you want, but not me. Nothing's killed me yet, and I'm sure as shit not going to let whatever's out there do it now. That was a healthy attitude. A little unrealistic, but healthy. I made a note to think more positive. Then Bruno came back, and that idea went straight out the window. Listen up, he said. This is the deal. Normally I'd have another month to train you, but we don't have another month. So here's the rules. There ain't no rules. They let you all out at once, pick up what you can, kill anything that ain't human. There was a thunk, and the iron bars creaked and whined as they opened up. Good luck, he said. Fuck this shit, someone in the back said. I'm not going out there. The rest of the rabble agreed, shouting out other choice words I don't feel like repeating here, because let's be honest, by this point, you probably had enough of all that. I was almost tempted to agree, but something came over me. I don't know what to call it, other than a grand sense of the absurdity of the whole thing. The crucifixion, the military training, whatever the whole cook cocks and cold cuts thing was about, it was followed by a surge of confidence. Like even though I knew something bad was about to happen to me, I didn't care. So while everyone else, even the remaining clique or top knots or whatever, whined and carried on, I sacked up, spat myself a fat lunga, and went outside. That's right. Me. Pussyfoot McGee. For a guy whose preferred method of confrontation was a total lack of confrontation, Looks like I had the biggest balls in the bunch. Right before I breached the line, Bruno pulled me aside. Don't waste your time with the shit in the dirt, he said. What? You just told us to? You want to live? Head for the maze. Use it. Okay, all right. I tried to leave again, but he grabbed my arm again. It was still a ways off from the temple, so if you get stung, cut it off. Stung? By what? Anything. You get stung, cut it off. Okay. What if I get stung in the chest or the head? He thought for a second. Then he shrugged. Jesus, Bruno. And he smacked me across the face. Don't use the law's name in vain. You think I don't mean it useful? And with that, I pimped out into the arena, arms extended, middle fingers flying. Seemed appropriate. Oh, I wish you could have heard all the boos. The boos and the fuck yous. In fact, there were so many people yelling fuck you or fuck off or fuck off you that for the first time in my life, I thought to myself, maybe you ought to cool it with all them fucks. It took a few seconds for my eyes to adjust to the sun, which was, of course, still blaring. But when they did, I found myself strutting around a coliseum straight out of ancient Rome. 
the fact that goons and goombas from all over the neighborhood packed the stone stands, zoots, cock blockers, etc., was a given. That didn't flinch me none. The floor of the place, though, that freaked me right the fuck out. So, sure, weapons dotted the dirt like, uh, weapons in the dirt. But did I mention that the dirt floor wasn't a dirt floor, but a wood floor covered with dirt? And that it only covered half the Coliseum, too? The other half dropped down about 20 feet, in which they built a stone-walled maze that extended back under the dirt-covered wood floor. And that wasn't the worst of it, neither, because in the middle of the whole thing, half in the maze, half not in the maze, stood... Well, shit, I don't know what to call it. A mini-castle? An oracle? I'm gonna say oracle, even though I think it's wrong. Mainly because oracle sounds better than little castle. And if that didn't beat the devil to Tuesday... Sitting on a throne planted on top of the oracle was the freakazoid of all freakazoids, a weirdo in a leather panther suit. Yeah, that's right, I said it. Leather panther suit. Not leather pants suit, leather panther suit. Black claws and open mouth head for a helmet and all. Couldn't see his face, just a strong jaw with a bone through the chin and a pair of amber eyes glowing out from inside the big cat's mouth. And the worst thing about the worst thing wasn't even the worst thing. That would be the animals running around in the maze, and the iron barred compartments cut into the side of the oracle with more animals banging up against them. What kind of animals? I don't know. Birds? Fucking kitty cats? What do you think what kind of animals? The kind of animals that like to eat people. Lions, mostly. Couple of pumas. I kept to the side of the arena, trying to do like Bruno said, make it to the edge of the killing floor so I could check out the maze. The crowd mostly ignored me, though a few of them threw food in my direction. Pretzels. Pizza. The lions and pumas and such didn't seem to be too interested neither, occupied as they was with finishing off the previous round of cooked cocks. So my little jog out to the edge where the killing floor dropped down into the maze was relatively uneventful, junk food tossing notwithstanding. And when I got there, I peered out over the edge. The open pot looked like a swamp with some stone walls growing up out of it. Scummy water, itchy plants, willow bogs. Gators floated in the corners. Or maybe they was crocs or Komodo dragons. What the fuck did I know? Not too many reptiles in the city, you know. And what did it matter anyway? They was there, lurking, waiting to eat me, as things like that was wont to do. An electric whine sounded, like somebody turned on a PA. Then a familiar voice filled the arena. It was BG. Hey, how's it going, everybody? How's it? Right, right, look. I just wanted to welcome everybody to the 500th Battle Royale. There's too many of you from different gangs here, and I ain't trying to deal with no turf wars today, so you better have followed the no-weapons policy. I catch any of you with a gun or a knife or any of them maqua-whatevers you cockblockers like to use, I'll cut your throat out myself. As you can see, the opening act is done, and our best and brightest is already out on the killing floor. The crowd led up a grand cheer, and BG motioned for them to quiet down. You hungry? Get you a hot dog or a pretzel. You thirsty? We got some genuine pluck polk. You don't like that? We got some beer, too. So sit back and relax and take yourself a gander of what our boys and girls can do. After this is done, you'll know what I know, which is this. Them Tequani ain't got nothing on us. They're dead. Every last one of them. Amidst the roars of approval, I seen a flicker of something out of the corner of my eye and spun around. It was Wildcat. Ain't that something, she said. She'd already armed herself with a spear. Well, half a spear. She even picked up a Legionnaire's helmet. You know the type with the cheek plates and the neck plates and the red horsehair crest? It had a hole in the temple, which kind of negated the whole point of wearing it, but whatever, she looked kind of cool. Which pot? I asked. She looked around. Everything. I pointed at a spear. Bruno told me not to bother with that shit. Says what we really want is in the maze down there. 
She looked out over the edge. Fuck that. I'm not going down in there. Yeah, I said, and I gave it a worried glance. More recruits stumbled out of the gate, squinting into the sun, a spinning around, dumbfounded. One guy tripped over a broken shield sticking out of the dirt and sprawled face first onto a ball of a morning star. His body shook once, twice, and then he lay still. The crowd pointed and laughed and jeered. Then the freak in the panther suit stood up, holding his arms to the sun, and they erupted in cheers again. I heard the clink and clank of metal on metal, the groaning whine of more gates opening up, and two lions, a bear, and a wild boar stormed out from under the oracle. Oh, shit, I cried. Fuck Bruno, I needed something to fight with. I searched the dirt for a weapon, but there really wasn't nothing else remotely close to effective in my general vicinity. A broken hame, a few scraps of leather. I turned to Wildcat. Where'd you get your stuff? I don't know, it was lying around. Fuck me. Fortunately for me, the lions and bears occupied themselves with the eating and mauling and goring of the schmucks closest to them. But the wild boar sprinted straight for us, kicking up dirt as it ran. Wildcat jumped away and it zeroed in on me. What the fuck? I cried. Fight your own battles. Something glinted in the sun to my right. A long sword, or the beginnings of one, stuck in the dirt at the edge of the killing floor, right where it dropped off into the maze in the swamp below. I ran for it, the boar on my heels, hoping to snatch it up and decapitate the thing, or at least dodge aside and let it run off the edge, but, you know, best laid plans and all. The first thing I'd done wrong was think that the sword was whole, because it wasn't. It was a shod, sharp enough and dangerous enough, but not what I was hoping for. The second thing I'd done wrong was not to get out of the way of the boar fast enough. It plowed right into my knees, and I flipped right on top of the stupid thing, and we both went over the edge. I don't know which of us screamed higher. I hugged it tight, the shot of the sword snug against its belly, and we landed in a pile, me on top. Hurt like a motherfucker. Here's my review of the whole experience. I didn't like it. Judging by where the sword shot ended up sticking that wild boar, I don't think it had a very nice time neither. How'd I know? When we landed, it squealed like a, uh, like a, uh, well, you know, ain't no other sound like it. I don't know. I didn't really think about it right then. I really didn't have the time. I rolled off, moaning, my hand covered in pig guts. I got the wind knocked out of me, too, which was unfortunate for a variety of reasons, because remember that gator I saw before? Yeah. I rolled off just in time to see it come running straight for both of us, me and Richard. Rich is the name I just gave the wild boar, the dead one. Jesus! I screamed and scrambled backward. Fortunately for me, the gator got distracted by Richard's guts. Can gators smell blood? I don't know, probably. Did it matter in this case? I don't know, probably. All I knew was that it chomped into some prime pork courtesy of yours truly, which bought me the time I needed to pop up and get away. So thanks, Richard. Sorry I killed you. Unfortunately, getting away wasn't as easy as I assumed. First of all, that gator wasn't the only thing in the swamp. There really was a croc and a Komodo monster in there. And they burst around there, munch buddy taking out his day on Rich's ass and came after me. Watching a croc run next to a Komodo monster is actually pretty funny. Unless the croc and the Komodo was running after you. At which point it goes from amusing to terrifying in about half a second. So what did I do? I done what I was made for. I turned tail and ran. Ran right into the maze under the arena, just like Bruno said. It was at that point that I realized what all the cardio was for. I felt like a god, I did, my legs churning up the meters faster and faster. I actually managed to put a little distance between the two things chasing me. And seeing as running things like me down and eating them whole was what they was made for, that's not saying nothing. Light filtered in through the cracks in the wood over my head, and dirt and dust too, and I blinked and coughed as I ran. The ceiling here was lower, and I almost felt like I had to stoop when I ran. First I ran through a straight alley with iron barred cages on either side. 
I didn't get a great look as I was in the process of running for my life, but what I seen didn't give me no confidence about what them goons had in store for me. Lions, bears, boars, crocodiles, them was just the opening act. Claws gouged my arms, my legs, even my face. Something wet landed on my right shoulder and burned through my shirt, then my skin. I sprinted for the first turn, 20 feet away, and some fuckwit with a bobbed tail sliced through my ankle. 10 feet and another cocksucker stabbed me in the ribcage. I wasn't going to make it. The slicing and the gouging and the stabbing slowed me down considerable. The croc snapped at my heels. The Komodo hissed. Then a foot broke through one of the boards overhead about five feet from the turn, shining a beam of bright light into the maze. The leg fell all the way through, only the leg, and hit the dirt. I jumped for the hole, managed to grab it, and, like a gymnast, swing out of the way of the monsters chasing me. The croc got all tangled up in the leg, and the Komodo ran into the wall. Ha! I yelled. Then some asshole stepped on my fingers and I dropped down right in front of the croc. Thank fuck that didn't matter. Crocs ain't no rocket surgeons, you know. Once it was preoccupied with the leg, it didn't care about me no more. It just stared at me with them cold, dead eyes while it chowed down on that leg, which creeped me the fuck out. That dumbass Komodo, though, it was pissed off. I never seen no Komodo more pissed off than that one. Though, if I'm being honest, I ain't never seen no Komodo at all. Affable, angry, cheerful, or churlish. But that don't mean I can't tell if one's getting prickly or not. And this one, it was downright crusty. But it took the tunnel to the right, so I took the tunnel to the left. Trucked it straight about 50 yards where I ran into a goon standing in one of them secret chutes. He had a Tommy gun held tight in his hands. Poor schmuck didn't even see me coming. I guess nobody never taught him how to brace his neck because his head rocked back and spiked itself on a rock sticking up out of the dirt. He was in the last stages of a death fit by the time I got to my feet. I took his Tommy gun and snatched whatever he had hanging on his utility belt. A key two knives, and three 100-round Tommy gun drums. Took me a sec to find the selector, but when I did, I flicked it to auto, clicked the safety off, and squinted up into the chute that led back out into the arena. Them fuckers was gonna pay now. Thank you, everybody, for listening this week. Don't forget to check out LilithFilm.com, JamesKnoll.net forward slash BG, and you can support this show for as little as $1 on Patreon.com. It's Patreon.com forward slash Mad Tales. You guys rock. I'll see you next week. Bye.